0: All right, well, good morning. Obviously, I'm playing with the mic again. I want to make sure, which I can't. It's so awkward. Anyway, uh, welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and we are on our way. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be a rough one. No, probably not. Probably won't be a rough one. It is a cloudy day here in June. We have, I think, more or less officially uh, entered the rainy season. Not my favorite season in Japan. I've already talked about that. We, uh, the The experts have been wrong. They've been telling us basically for a month that we may have entered the rainy season. And then they back off after a few days. And this has been going on. But I think now probably uh, we've officially entered the rainy season, um, which is more par for the course, you know, middle of, middle of June, pretty much middle of June to the middle of July, something like that. So maybe we're a week through it or two weeks, but it is a very subjective thing. You know, it's not something you can necessarily nail down and be sure about. Um, You don't always know when it started, but you know when you're in it, more or less. I guess is one way to put that. Uh, Yeah, so what's going on with you guys? We are uh, getting ready for the Olympics here in Japan as a country. Lots and lots of controversy surrounding this Olympics. You know, it's been put off a year, first of all. Uh, And... Secondly, uh, Japan is not a very vaccinated country yet compared to uh, other countries in America, for example. And so even though we're not very vaccinated, we are inviting a lot of foreigners here. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that all of the foreigners that come, because they'll just be athletes and coaches, will have been vaccinated. So it's not really a threat, but it's kind of weird that that, uh, you know, that Japan has not been able to get uh, vaccinated uh, sooner. It's taken way longer than it should have, in my opinion. But, of course, you know, I'm not involved in those uh, decisions, (laughs) obviously. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of controversy because, basically, I think Japan, if, if, if they could, would probably just cancel... Uh, but for us to cancel at this point uh, would be a huge uh, financial hit for the country uh, as well as for other countries I'm sure who have invested in this Olympics um, but it's also going to be a big financial hit for us to to go through with the Olympics right it's You know, one of the the, the typical damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. Um, So that's kind of where we find ourselves. Uh, Last week, in fact, I just posted the podcast this morning. Last week, that was kind of my topic was, you know, what do you do when you're between a rock and a hard place? You know, when you you have to make decisions uh, to where there just isn't any... Uh, good decision right that all the decisions uh, have a lot of baggage and none of them would be you know what we would consider positive or or you know um, especially positive for everyone involved right um, And believe it or not, this is a normal thing in life you know I, I think I think we do come up uh, come upon, decisions often well often enough that we have cliches to describe it right we have uh, we have language uh, that succinctly describes exactly what that um, situation is like you know uh, first and foremost being between a rock and a hard place right uh, you know y- y- you 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 let's say I, I don't know exactly where the saying comes from uh, but let's say you have to jump from a high a high position and your only two landing choices are rock and a hard place right so you have to land on either rock or a hard place those are your two decisions neither one of them are good right both of them are negative uh, both of them are going to hurt uh, and you know basically a hard place is another word for rock that's the that's the joke of this thing, right? Um, a hard place is what we'd call rock. Or maybe you could say rock and concrete or something like that, but a rock in a hard place has been, you know, kind of the um, standard uh, verbiage for that situation. Uh, the official word is something like a dilemma, right? Uh, a very difficult decision to make. Um, and I, I happen to teach this, and while well, I'm in the middle of teaching this in my discussion class, uh, one of the dis- discussion principles that this book uh, puts forward is uh, the the idea um, that we should seek to understand, right? Seek first to understand. And I've talked about this before, uh, but especially especially when you come across across a dilemma, whether it's your own or whether it's someone else's, understanding is key, right? Really trying to understand uh, why this seems to be a dilemma to somebody will go a long ways to uh, alleviating the dilemma, right? Um, the book has a, uh, an illustration where uh, a, a college student stays up all night. Uh, writing a paper that is due the next morning at, uh, say, 9 a.m. She, she starts writing in the evening. She finishes about the time to go to bed, but then her computer crashes and she loses, loses everything. She has to stay up all night to finish this paper. Uh, and she does finish it and gets it turned in in time, but now she's exhausted. She realizes she hasn't eaten for nearly 24 hours. She's feeling sick. And she decides in her mind that she just has to have an orange. Now, of course, all of these, all of these illustrations will break down if you try to hold them to too much logic. Um, so don't, don't do that. Um, but she goes to the store, and there's one orange. And she's so happy to see this orange, and so she goes to buy this orange. But just as she's about to grab it, another guy comes by and grabs the orange. And of course, you know, a little, a little. Uh, hustle ensues. You know, that's my orange. No, that's my orange. I have to have that orange. No, I have to have that orange. Right. And so, so we, we, we are at a crossroads. There's one orange, both people want it. How do we get, how do we get a win-win situation from this? And I would say, first of all, um, this assumes that you would want to seek a win-win, you know, a win-win solution, right? Where both parties are able to get what they want right, completely what they want, well, this is not compromise, uh, this is where both, both are able to get exactly what they want, and, and so, you know, we're at this dilemma where both really have to have that one orange, uh, and we have to assume there are no other oranges anywhere in the vicinity, no other stores, no other places to get it, right, we, we can only assume that the parameters of the story are reality. That's important to understand this, uh, the solution that they come up with. And so, uh, the girl asks the guy, why, why do you have to have this orange? Okay. So she asks a question. Okay. Uh, and, and the man goes on to explain that his wife is at home uh, baking a cake, and she has to have orange peel, and it's a matter of life and death because if he doesn't bring home this orange peel, she will kill him. Of course, that's a uh, you know that's an exaggeration, um, but but it nonetheless it's it you have to believe that it's it's absolutely imperative, at least in this man's mind, that he get that last orange. He wants to please his wife that much. Uh, and so the girl asks, "Why?" Okay. And so she she says, "So," and then she clarifies the position. So what you're saying is, uh, if if uh, if you have the orange peel, you'll be happy. So you just need the outside of the orange. And he says, "Yes, that's right." She says, "Well, how about this? How about I buy the orange, I give you the orange peel, uh, and I keep the inside of the orange for myself." Uh, and they agree, and of course, that's, a, that's the perfect uh, illustration of a win-win scenario where both people get exactly what they want, even though in the beginning it, it looked like it was a dilemma, right? It looked like there was no good way out of this situation. It looked like they were at a complete impasse. Uh, that's another word for that. Sorry about this extra noise. I'm putting lotion on my very, very dry hands. Um, yeah, so you know that's that that illustration uh, teaches us a few very important things. Number one is when faced with the dilemma, uh, our first reaction should be to uh, first understand exactly um, the situation, and that may be looking deeper inside yourself. Uh, as well as um, trying to understand the other person or the other parties or the other position that's involved in your dilemma. I'm going to mess with the mic just a little bit. Sorry about this. Let's see if I can get a little better position. Yeah, that's actually a little better. Sorry about the extra noise. Um, yeah, and so the... Uh, Seek first to understand is very important. Uh, It's a very important uh, element, a very important um, technique to have in your bag, right? To help people solve and to help yourself solve dilemmas, right? Or uh, problems that don't seem to have solutions. Uh, And the techniques within that. Um, seek first to understand are to clarify, right? To clarify someone else's position, right? And so you ask questions to make sure that you understand uh, the person's position perfectly, right? Uh, and then uh, probably once you understand a position uh, a, a a a new position will come up, a new prep uh, proposition that uh, will will solve both people's problems. Now, in lieu of that, of course, there is compromise, uh, and there's also you know the possibility you will just give up what you want and let somebody else have what they want. Right? That's also to me a very viable, uh, a very viable. Um, Conflict resolution technique, right? Well, I'm just going to sacrifice what I want and allow you to have what you want. The problem is, what we usually do is we say, "Well, I want you to sacrifice what you want so that I can have what I want," <laughs> uh, and and that's where the problems come into play, right? When we get uh, when we get um, selfish, right? Uh, you know, but you could assume that the way to really flesh out, uh, how you might react in one of these situations, uh, and, and to flesh out the principles, you really need to make these life or death decisions, right? Both people have to have the orange. It's a life or death situation for both. And so, um, it behooves you to seek a, uh, a solution, right? Um, it's, it's, it's good for you to have a solution. It's good for the uh, other person to have a solution as well. Um, yeah, so conflict resolution, I don't get I don't get the idea that it's taught much in schools, right? That we really uh, talk much about interpersonal communication. In fact, I would say my American upbringing would be completely the opposite. That we're not taught taught to uh, resolve conflict. We're taught to stand up for our rights, right? To stand up for yourself, right? Self preservation and self promotion is probably what's more often taught in schools in America, Uh, whether it's just through the literature or whether it's uh, you know actually verbalized. Uh, I would say those are the ideals that come forth in the in the American experience, education, art, entertainment, philosophy, otherwise, religion as well. Uh, but that's not the way to peace, right? That's not the way to uh, resolve things. That that brings peace. That makes peace. Um. What's interesting is if you look at Jesus and the way that he brought peace, the way that he resolved um, conflict uh, is, is very telling, right? Uh, and I'm talking of course about the cross. The cross is all about conflict resolution. The cross is the means by which we resolve all conflict between man and God. Uh, and between man and man, and uh, mankind and earth, and the earth itself, the physical earth, all, e- everything, right? It's the way, it's, it's the means by which uh, all conflicts can be resolved. Jesus came to resolve conflict. I think the, the very idea of conflict. Um, and it doesn't mean that there won't still be conflict, But what it means is, you no longer need to worry that the conflicts that you are uh, engrossed in will be your downfall. Um, Because God is love, and he's, he's love backed by loving power, and loving knowledge, loving mercy. And all of that comes together to mean that no matter what dilemmas you are in, no matter what conflicts uh, trouble you, that they will not be the final word, that, that Jesus has resolved those conflicts, at least in the long haul. And, and, uh, he can equip you to better be able to navigate life's conflicts now, and mostly that's done through his, through his uh, example, right, through his example first, I would say, the example of Jesus, uh, the way that he lived on earth, the way that he was on earth, and also, I would say, uh, through his teachings, especially through his parables, uh, which deal with a lot of conflict, right? Right? And what you'll find is most of the conflicts uh, aren't dealt with through finding win-win situations, not at least in an er earthly way, uh, but through sacrifice and through forgiveness, right, through mercy, that God resolves conflicts um, not through finding a way for us to uh, Repay our debts, but through paying paying our debts for us, right? And that's a significant a significant difference, I would say. Um, and so, love resolves all conflict, and it will resolve all conflict, and it can resolve conflicts now. Uh, and and Jesus showed mankind just how much. God loves us. Jesus is God in human form uh, because he was willing to die to show us how much he loves us. And that's the the, the example of sacrifice and forgiveness uh, that he um, proclaims from the cross. That's the gospel, right? The gospel, the good news, which is good news for everybody, is that You are okay with God. God is okay with you, right? He doesn't hold your sins against you. He, uh, just the opposite, uh, has forgiven you of everything you've ever done plus everything you will do or might do, every thought you might have. That's all forgiven and that's proven by the blood that he shed on the cross uh, and and the words that he said from the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do and I think that's that's a really important truth the truth is we sin because we don't know we don't know what we're doing right we don't realize um, and we're we're really hopeless in many ways um, we're, we're we are we powerless victims to resist sin it doesn't mean that we can resist it sometimes or resist uh, maybe even certain sins for a long time Um, what it means is we we were born into this system of sin and death right, it's all around us we're surrounded by it, it is our environment right we are constantly surrounded by death and decay caused by sin we we come from that system now inside of us is the spirit of god of course a spirit that he's given us and every man has a spirit and that spirit is the is the best part of us it's the it's the uh, well to say it's the best part i guess that's that's kind of a dangerous way to say it uh, i don't want to put value on it but but it is the part of us, I suppose, that that is the most like God, right? Um, and that spirit, that spirit, can be strengthened within us. I think uh, through through discipline and through uh, you know uh, certain certain practices, certain spiritual uh, practices. I think our spirit can get stronger, and we can listen more and more to the Spirit, and, and as I've said before, the Spirit, I think, is the part of us which so readily connects to the Holy Spirit, um, and it's the it's the, the ear, earpiece, by, you know, it's, it's the air pod by which we uh, understand the utterances of the Spirit, and there are ways, I think, to be more and more in tune to the Spirit, um, but we do have um, a part of ourself that is spirit that God has placed in us, and perhaps that's what it means to be made in the image of God, uh, or at least part of it. Um, it doesn't mean that the physical is bad, so I want to be, be uh, clear about that. Um, God made the earth. God made the physical things of the earth. Genesis teaches us, and, and he made them to be good, right? They are good. He was pleased with them. Um, even though he knew that at some point things would become corrupt, he made them good. He, he, he made them in the knowledge that they would become corrupt, but at the same time he did think that they were good. And so even their potential for quote-unquote evil and corruption did not, did not uh, cause God to look on us as corrupted or partially evil. Uh, he still said that we are good, and, and I think that's a, that's a truth in Genesis that, that I would like to embrace, that, that the physical, uh, made by God, who is spirit, is good, right? He made it good, uh, but with mankind especially, uh, there's free will involved, and so man does have the option to go down uh, shadier roads. <laughs> to explore uh, shadier avenues in life uh, and and we all do uh, to more or lesser extents. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that we have the image of God in us and that he loves us and that he has he has saved us um, in the final in the final, Place. Yeah, I'm kind of fumbling over words right now. I'm trying to remember what my train of thought was. Um Yeah, so we talked about the idea of dilemmas and and and, and God showing us how He can solve dilemmas, which involves personal sacrifice. And of course, you know, Jesus' teachings as well. If you want to follow follow me, you must take up your cross. You must deny yourself. You must die to yourself. Uh, another way this is put, right? This is how. This is how we live like Jesus here in the world, right? A life of self-sacrifice, a life of of showing love and mercy and grace to those around us, uh, and this is how we bring forth uh, heaven on earth, right? This is how. Um, Earth becomes more and more like heaven uh, through um, loving sacrifice. And that is the Jesus way of solving dilemmas. Um, But you might say that that Jesus' example of, uh, let's say God's example of becoming human, and living on this earth some 30 or more years was all about listening was all all about showing the the example to seek first to understand that he, he spent 30 years uh, showing that he was willing to to live in our experiences to to really understand what it means to be human now what that means for a God who is um, what some people believe to be all-powerful, all-knowing, and, and all, all loving, and all you know, omnipresent, right? All present, present everywhere. Whatever that means, you know that God needed to come and, and live in a body to experience it. No. What that says about God, I don't know. And I don't know that I don't know that He had to do it that way. All I do know that that's His example, that He led by example to kind of be a missionary to mankind as God, He became a missionary. He came, He he left His place, came to our place, lived as we do, right? Uh, He did not uh, try to surpass uh, humans, at least by human standards, and become rich and powerful in the way that that humans view uh, riches and power. But he did enter our experience, and you might say that that's his example of seeking first to understand, right, that understanding is key. Um, And it takes time. It takes time. It takes immersion. It takes commitment. Uh, And the fact that God came to earth in a human body shows that he had all of those things. He sacrificed his time. He committed completely to the job. Uh, He entered into our world to better understand our condition. Or, if you think that he already had all knowledge and didn't need to do that, uh, then at least you can say that he wanted to show us that that's how we're going to have to do it. Uh, And I think maybe that's where we get the idea of missions. You know, if you take the Great Commission, oh come on, why do you have to do that? Such a legalist. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> there was. Never mind. Anyway, little road frustration there bubbling over. Uh, anyway, if you take the Great Commission, is found in Matthew. Um. Jesus says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Of course, it says baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. You could also see that that's what Jesus did. That's that's Jesus' example. He went to the world and preached the gospel and taught them and baptized them. Or at least he taught people to baptize. We don't know that Jesus actually baptized people. And I think there's good reason for him not to have done that of human nature um but yeah I think I think that's wow I've never thought of it that way that the great great Commission as much as a a mandate to us uh, is a statement of who Jesus is he he went to the world he preached the gospel and he taught them to obey his teachings, and he wants us to do the same thing. Um, and I think a lot of groups get the missions thing. I think I think the idea of missions is, is, is there. The problem is <laughs> not do we have missionaries, the problem is do we understand the gospel? And that's where I think we've gone off the rails. We've been going into all the world uh, yeah, what do you say? Go into all the world. Go to all the world. Um, we've gone into all the world and preached the wrong gospel, a different gospel, a gospel that's not even gospel to everybody. Um, and, and that's a big problem. Uh, because now we are preaching a message that Jesus himself did not preach. And we uh, are—we've corrupted his message, and thereby corrupting the image, his image in the world. Uh, And we've not remained true to the image of God in us in doing so. Uh, And that's a problem. So I, I, you know, I think I think um, this is a little bit off the subject, but we do need to rediscover the gospel. We need to rediscover how the gospel can be good news to everybody. Uh, And then the second part is to realize that Jesus, uh, far from telling us to do something he never did, is just telling us who he is, uh, and if we want to help bring heaven to earth, that's what we can do too. Right? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have taught you. And I am with you always. Right? Even to the end of the age. Right? All the way to the end, He's with us. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Conflict resolution. It's a big deal, right? We all... We all get involved in it from a very early age, you know, uh, a baby is laying in a, in, uh, in the crib and the baby's hungry, baby can't even see well, doesn't really understand too much language, Um, but they know they're hungry, so they yell, right, they yell and scream until they get what they want. Assuming they even know what they want. Maybe they don't even know what they want, but but you know, their instincts tell them to do that and that, you know, that's how they resolve conflict by screaming. That's that's the first way I suppose that we learn to resolve conflict. We just scream. <laughs> and many of us have not ever left that mode of operation. <laughs> so many of us are still babies in the crib. We haven't learned uh we haven't allowed our conflict resolution skills to evolve uh, we're still that baby in a crib just yelling till we get what we want uh, and and if we have people who enable us uh, they give us what we want when we scream um <laughs> but we don't get that example from Jesus for sure right I don't I don't see that uh, as being. Uh, a way that Jesus ever resolved conflict in fact the the one time that he may have raised his voice uh, there's even there's, it's not even sure if he screamed like we don't even know yeah he said some stuff and and if we read it anthropomorphically we know what we would be like in that situation um, sweaty and a elevated heart rate and excited and, and, uh, probably yelling and, and making a scene and, you know, for trying to do something as rebellious as that scene in the temple, the cleaning of the temple seems to be, we know what we would be like, but that's not necessarily how Jesus was like. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, Just building on from last week's, you know, between a rock and a hard place. uh, Last week, my conclusion was that we be patient and be present with people who are in a dilemma. uh, And that we just try to understand them and and help them in any way we can. uh, But to acknowledge that there are times in your life where where you will be faced with a seemingly impossible decision and we should all be uh, graceful in those situations. But today I take that a step further and I talk about how you know, the understanding of the uh, dilemma is, is very important, right? Really trying to understand down deep what the problem is, uh, is key to finding any kind of a resolution, any kind of a resol- resolution at all. And of course we should seek a win-win resolution. Why wouldn't we? Um, but we should also be willing in lieu of the example of Jesus to lose, uh, to lose what we want in order for someone else to gain what they want. um, or to gain what they need, right? Um, There may be a situation where you need to not eat a meal so that someone else can eat, or not pay a bill so that somebody else can pay their bills. Uh, You know, those situations of sacrifice do exist. Maybe they're not an everyday occurrence, um, but at the very least, if you are a parent uh, you are familiar with the concept of sacrificing for your spouse or your kids or maybe even your grandkids right it's a it's a very normal thing that we um, we do right it's part of the human human experience it's part of adulting right Uh so, uh, yeah, I'm coming up uh, to my uh, school, so I'm going to have to sign off uh, on this, and I hope uh, there was something today that you were able to uh, use and uh, hopefully expand on, t- take it farther than I have um, with my limited uh, perspective and and, uh, and intelligence. Um. Yeah, I think I'll have to leave it right there. Uh, I do hope that uh, if you are uh, in the midst of a dilemma, a, a problem with no obvious solutions, that you have someone in your life who will be patient with you, who will listen to you, uh, and who will be able to um, maybe shed some wisdom on your situation. I think I just said situation, which (laughs) kind of makes sense. (laughs) I love a good pun. Sorry, that's a little bit inappropriate. I meant situation uh, and uh, that you'll be able to get through this dilemma and help others uh, get through as well. Nobody likes to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. Bye-bye.